This episode is brought to you by Patreon, specifically the Comic Pop Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash comic pop and find out more about how you can keep the lights on here at Comic Pop. And don't worry, we've got plenty of fun rewards, including early access to videos and weekly updates about what's happening here at the studio. That's patreon.com slash comic pop. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. A mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police. What a crusade of a law. Hey everybody and welcome to the Ellsworth Exchange. I am Sal. And I'm Tiffany. Today we're going to talk about how to make comics. People uh, have been asking for a third installment of the How to Make Comics trilogy series. It's like a mini-series underneath the uh, Elseworlds Exchange moniker. Yeah. So we've been kind of giving you our <laughs> experience as to how, you make web- how, to, how to make comics uh, from our perspective because we've made... A significant portion of com- like we've made some comics in our day. Well, how about uh, this? You have made comics, and you have helped in a significant way I because have. of your design sensibilities I and your understanding s- of printing and whatnot. Well, thank you. I was going to say this is the episode that I will be the most helpful for. This is true. Because- this will be the yeah. I'll be more <laughs> silent about this. I'm going to talk more about my experiences with yes. dealing with printers, and I think that that's fair um, because you've actually dealt with comic book printers, whereas I have dealt with a lot of. Just overall printing companies for my various jobs. Exactly. So hopefully I can give you guys a crash course in printing. Now, of course, there's lots of other resources out there. But there's a lot of things you have to think about before going into this. But it's something that everyone can make happen in their lives once you get to that point. Because, of course, we've already talked to you guys about how to start your comic, how to write your script, how you should get it. Find an artist. Find an artist. I was going to say how you should have someone else read it, go through a couple of drafts, decide if you're going to draw it, get an artist, pay those page rates, get it all together. And now it's like, great, now what do I do with it? If I'm not going to put it digitally, if I want a book in my hands, how am I going to make that happen? That's right. And I guess if we run out of topic, we can talk about how to get your book published digitally. But, uh, sure. I mean, like, here's because you should do that no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a feeling that the printing element will go pretty quickly because there's only so much you kind of need to know about this. Um, but otherwise, I think, you know. You guys, you're gonna, you've already done all your homework, right? You've got your comic script, you've got your comic pages, we're ready to go, right? Yeah, yeah, you've got your pages already on your desktop, you're looking at them, you're like, how am I going to get these out? So Why won't they make another Elseworlds exchange so I can print things? Yeah, how, yeah I've been waiting for this episode, and I know I said we were going to do a monthly episode of this series, but uh, we've been we've been busy, it's just we've been getting more and more stuff out, um, including true. a new series that Tiffany's kind of been headlining, which is I our have. our playthrough series. If you haven't seen it, watch it. Yes. But anyway. But also you've had a lot of guests. Yes, that's true. And is that We've been scheduling different guests and they uh, they take precedence over that simply because they have schedules to keep and I don't. <laughs> yeah, and I appreciate you waiting for me. Oh, no problem, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to get somebody else to talk about this. So, yeah, let's talk about it. Um, in my experience, when I was interested in getting my comic done, listen, like, when I got those pages in from the artist that I was working with, that was, those are some of the most exciting and so some of the best, most rewarding uh, period in the comic making process, is seeing the stuff you're working on in the actual pages, where you're like, oh my god, it's actually coming together. Mm-hmm. And then once you have them all together, you feel like, ah, what do I do now? Right. Um, well... I, uh, I I do a I, I would do a significant amount of research into independent printing groups. Uh, there are a num there were more than when I started doing it than there are now. I think mm-hmm. there used to be one. Do you remember what the hell they were called? Comics Press. I think that's what it was called. Maybe with an X. Comics Press. Um, 
Comics Press was like Kablam. And if you're not familiar with Kablam, K-A hyphen Blam. Uh, <laughs> Kablam and Comics Press were, for me, the two uh, comic book independent printing companies that I could use uh, that were budgetarily realistic for me. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to like, because if I'm if I'm printing a book, I'm not printing a run like I'm an independent comic book publisher. I'm printing a short run that I can use typically to pitch to other uh, comic book publishers or to try and see if there's any interest. And so if that's the case, I think I printed up like 200, like about 100 to 200 copies. Right. Uh, so I was looking at that range, and for that range, there's a your your options get more and more limited. Um, I've heard of Lulu. That's a thing that had that existed when I was doing it, and they still are here. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I've gotten a book printed by them. It is it's deceptively easy, but also uh, not very cost effective, and ultimately the quality was not what I was expecting, and that's because I know what a comic book feels like, every different variety of comic, so I know what it should look and feel like, and Lulu was not able to deliver on that promise. Mm-hmm. Uh, comic Express was the one that I always went with because they were a little cheaper than Kablam. Uh, the reason for that was because it was a mom-and-pop outfit that was run by two people in Jersey, mm-hmm. and uh, they had all the professionalism of a mom-and-pop company, where... Uh, if they would screw up, they'd want to charge extra, and it was just a whole mess. Uh, I know that I've gotten proofs. Oh, well, by the way, uh, you usually pay up front with these guys to get a proof. Usually you pay, like, five bucks or four bucks or however much your book costs to be printed to get, like, a proof. And the proof is just a ver- like is just the first print of your comic to check to see if there's any problems. Okay, let me let me let me put in right there. Yeah. And that is a huge difference between the printers I've dealt with and the printers that you have dealt with. Yes. The printers that I have dealt with, you get a proof because that's what you get. Right, because and they I give it to you. They just give it to you. And um, I have been a part of magazine printings. I have been a part of invitation printings. I've been a part of sign printings, banner printings, all kinds of things from business. <laughs> from business cards all the way up to massive signs that were wood carved, that kind of thing. Um, I get proofs because the companies I'm dealing with know a lot of money is going to be spent. And yes. so I have to see a proof. And with that proof, it is my responsibility to make sure that everything is correct on that. Yeah. If, if something is incorrect in the proof and I approved it, that's on me. That's your fault. That is so, my fault. Well, and the fact is, if you're getting approved, it means that you have signed a contract and you're working with this group, which means you've already promised or pledged to pay a certain amount of money. So Actually, the proof is... Well, no. Oh, no, the proof is just <laughs> to see what it looks like. The proof is literally like I... All right, so for me, when I'm doing any kind of printing project, I give someone the art. Now, there's two types of proofs, by the way, guys. There's an actual proof of concept. Yep. Which, or actually, there's multiple types of proofs. There's a proof of concept where you actually see the item. Here it is. This is what it looks like. Cool, yeah. whatever. There's a color proof that I've gotten for magazines, which is on incorrect paper. Um, the paper is totally different than what the paper for the magazine is. Is that because be. it's cheaper? No, it has something to do with essentially with they're just trying to show you what the colors are going to look like in their corrected form. Okay. And that is what, so essentially they show me this proof and it's like the, this hard, or not hard, this is heavier card stock. And it's my job to go through and make sure all the colors look accurate. Yeah. So what they're going to do is when they run this, and we'll talk about the different types of printing, um, they're going to match all of that to that proof. Cool, whatever, right? Now, if I think something's wrong with it, they got to go back and fix it. Yeah. They have to fix it. Now, with these smaller groups, 
Um, I think that's you have to pay for it because they don't have the overhead to make that happen. That's right. They they're, can't afford to do that. They're all they're usually used to printing small print runs, and mm-hmm. so as such, they need to recoup their losses that way. Um, I know that a local creator in our area worked with a local printer in our area to get mm-hmm. his comic published, and he. He had to deal with all the same problems that I did with with printers that were anywhere out of the state or out of the country. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because they were literally like 20 minutes up the road, mm-hmm. and he still had the exact same problems that I did. Yeah. Um, so don't be surprised, or, or don't think that it's going to be easier or more convenient to work with like a local printer. Here's they all a, have the same problems and issues. Yes, but there is a Pardon. difference between that, because <laughs> it can be easier to, if you're working with someone local... While often that can cost more, and like online print companies can keep their overhead down mm-hmm. um, because they have a larger reach. Um, with the local version, you can go in, you can see stuff, you can go over things with them directly. Which is better. Yeah, I think that's better often. Yeah. Um, to be able to, because I have a lot of relationship with printers. Like, we talk, we communicate. Like, if I have a question, they will hold up everything until I get my answer. That's the thing. In, in my experience with uh, comic book printers, the small print guys like Kablam, and I did work with Kablam after Comics Press, uh, went out of business. Mm-hmm. Uh, literally, it was just, I was working with Comics Press, and despite the fact that, like, they were frustrating and difficult to work with. They were still cheaper than the guys over at Kablam, and then they went out of business. And it was like, right. oh, my only option is Kablam. And now there are there are a couple of other different competitors, but for the most part, every time I ever see a I printed this book experience, mm-hmm. it is a Kablam printed book. Yeah. Um, that said, Kablam had the same issues that Comicspress had. And the same issues that I've seen from the even the local printer. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I see issues, I mean, like, it didn't look, feel, or behave like a normal comic book. No, and there's a simple reason for that. Yes. It has to do with the paperweight. Mm-hmm. 100%. They use um, something that's a little bit heavier, which is not what we're used to seeing. Um, and your standard issue that you're going to get. Now, of course, each comic book company does them differently. I would guess, and this is a guess, guys, because I don't work for DC, um, but this is probably somewhere between a 60 and 70 pound stock. Okay. Now. I don't know what that means. That sounds pretty heavy. (laughs) It's not, actually. Um, For those who don't know, um, paper is uh, judged by its weight, essentially. And what does that mean? In the U.S., we do it per pound. I think in other areas that use metric, I think it's per Graham? I'm not sure about that. That I'm not 100% on, so someone else who is from over there, let me know. Yeah. Um, but over here, we do poundage. Um, so, okay. If you took 500 seats of this paper, mm-hmm. what would it weigh? That's how you tell per pound. I see. So the higher the poundage, mm-hmm. the heavier the stock. Okay. So comic books typically... There's, there's some give to them, right? That's yeah. what Kablam is missing. Kablam is missing this ability for your comic to close fully. Yes. These have been, and of course, this in has fact, also we been have, I think pressed. we have one of my books somewhere. I don't know where it, it is. It would be in there, like on, uh, on the shelf. But, uh, do you want me to see if I can find it? Nah. Okay. The problem with I the want com- to compare them, but I, there's The no problem with the Kablam books is at the center of the book you'll find that it sits almost more like that. You know what? I have one in the car. I'll be right back. Okay. Oh, it's going to be my show for a second, <laughs> Yeah, you, you, since you're... I'm, literally, I'm not going to say anything for the next five minutes. Go All ahead. Right, go ahead. Off you go. Um, 
So, um, okay, let's talk a little bit more just about paper in general. The paper that they print this on has a gloss to it. The reason it has a gloss is because colors always show up better on a gloss. Um, typically photos you'll see also usually glossy. You can get a matte print, but the, the colors are richer in a gloss paper. Um, that's just a variety of finish. Now, I do have other examples here of individual issues that are printed on something different. For example, Scott Snyder's AD. The exterior has its own cover stock and it has a like canvas texture to it, but that was what they chose for this. This is almost closer to what a trade is, and a trade paperback is printed very differently than a, an individual issue, but you'll notice the interiors on this are also glossy. This paper's a little bit thicker, I can tell just by feeling it. Um, you'll see people who are in the printing industry often um, touching paper, feeling it. I can definitely feel that this is weighted differently. It's also a different size format, which we'll talk about when we get into formatting your files. Um, let's talk about the binding, too, while I have you guys here. Um, most comics are bound by staple. You can see it in there. It's shiny. It's new. It's there. It's awesome. It does what it needs to do for this. Hooray! Um, most trades are what we call perfect bound. All the pages are folded and then glued in place, creating this square sort of binding on the end. It's fancy and awesome. Sal's also back, so I have to get up. Hey. <laughs> Alright, I've got it. Now, I don't want to derail what you were going to say, so... I was just talking about different binding. The cool. last binding that I, I will mention yeah. is in a lot of hardcover books, whether they be um, graphic novel or otherwise. There'll be something called sort of like the saddle, saddle stitching. All of these are different in price. Staple binding is the least expensive. Perfect binding is a little bit more, but it's very lovely. But if you're doing an individual issue, you don't have to worry about it because it will be staple bound. <laughs> now, okay. Uh, first of all, when you get your book printed by an independent creator like or an independent publisher like Kablam, mm -hmm. they're all going to be they're all going to look like this. Um, the reason why there's a huge Kablam ad on the back is mm -hmm. to offset costs. Yep. Um, Usually, they will uh, give you an option as to where you can put your ads in the book. Mm -hmm. And if you put the Kablam ad on the back cover, it's usually the most savings. And, of course, it's also the least egregious place to put an ad. Oh, yeah, because look at this. You're also pretty much used to it. Mm -hmm. So, at that point, it's not a big deal. Uh, so, in that case, uh, that's why they're, they're, they're there. But you can also, of course, like if you were interested in printing your own book and you got advertisers from other sources, mm -hmm. you could just use their ad and put it into the place of uh, wherever Kablam allows you to place ads. Yep. It could be somebody else's ad here. It won't save you money on the printing, but maybe you might all be able to offset the printing cost by the amount of money you're given by the outside advertiser. Yeah. Now, um, because most people that I had worked with printed their books via some source like this, they all had the same problem with the middle... Like Boeing. You can even still see that. And you that can one even has still. Now here's the thing. Sitting for a while. They all usually bowed out even more egregiously than what is here. Yeah. This book is like I want to say five years old, and because of this, um, and because most people had the same experience dealing with this with with the with the Boeing, they all have like their own little um little ideas about like how to fix this problem, mm -hmm. and most of them are like let's focus on let, let, let's let's put a huge amount of weight on the binding yes. so that it like flattens it out a little better even yeah. though like if i'm printing a comic book 
and listen, I don't have to hard press my usual retail copies of any other comic book. Why should I have to put up with that? Well, but, anyway. it has to do with a variety of reasons. First of all, this comic is only so many pages. That comic has far more pages in it, and again, the stock is different. Um, that those That's it. Those are the two big things there. Because of the fact that this is, um, again, far longer. Um, you can see there, you can see, right, like, this is part of the problem yeah. here. You have pressed this, and in doing so, you can see some cracks yeah. along the spine there. Um... So it's, you know, it's kind of like, it's a trade-off. This, like, literally this company lets you get your comic into print. And that's yeah. amazing because it can be difficult to find a printer who can do this on a smaller scale. Now, some of you might be thinking 100 to 200 doesn't seem like a small scale. For most printers, that is very small. Yeah. Um, the magazines that I've worked on have been... Um, essentially school publications and we were running and we were still on the small end and we were doing runs between four and five thousand right. and we we're still doing a smaller run essentially mm -hmm. um i will tell you that when in terms of printing quantity the lower the quantity that you're overall producing the more per piece it will cost you yeah so the higher quantity that you're creating the lower it'll cost you per individual now, item. in my case, somebody asked like how many we had printed of this one. This, by the way, is the first print run of my independent comic series that, you know, whatever. But uh, this was the first one, and I wanted to get it done, despite the fact that we didn't have a color. So I had a black and white book. So this mm -hmm. is the cheapest possible version yes. of this issue. And it still cost, this was a 45-page comic. Yeah. No... No ads within, no coloration, which of course we talked about coloring and everything like that in a previous episode. Um, and it still cost about, I, I want to say about $3 per issue. Mm -hmm. So if I wanted to offset any cost, I had to make this, like, I had to, I had to retail this at something over $3. Yep. Um, I don't think I got $3 worth of comic out of this thing. Um, but I still had to print up about 200 copies in order to make this worthwhile. Or yes. in order to make it exist in the first place. Yeah. And here's the thing, when you're printing your own book, when you're, when you get to, when you go through the process, you wrote it, you've, you've, you've hashed out a good script, you've find, you found a terrific collaborator, uh, they've produced some incredible art, uh, you've worked with a, you've, you've now found a terrific colorist, you have your whole book, it's beautiful, it's perfect, it's amazing, it's exactly how you want it, because that's what you should strive for every time you're printing your own book you have a terrific letterer and they're doing an amazing job once you've gotten that all done you're going to not want to wait to have this thing out there because basically you've been looking at it for the better part of a year or two mm -hmm. so you are going to want to like cut corners and wait or, or not want to wait to get this thing out there if you're anything like me mm -hmm. um, so but but my my advice in that case is don't do that. And I know that that's like obvious, but it's not when you're in that moment, when you're in that mindset. But always wait for the best possible like product and quality. You've already waited a year and a half to two years to get the best possible book you can, and then you're gonna like, and then you're gonna trip before you hit the finish line. Like no, don't do that. Don't put up with low quality just because you want to see your work in print. Um, there are ways around that, and we'll get into them because I call it digital publishing. <laughs> exactly. But if you, but we're talking specifically about yes. getting your book out there physically, because listen, there's nothing more impressive, and there's nothing more satisfying 
than handing someone your comic book. That's really true. And there's nothing more depressing than handing someone your comic book and knowing in the back of your mind or in your heart of hearts that it's just not as good as it could have been. Never apologize for that kind of like for your product. You should never feel like you need to apologize. Yeah, never, never. If you ever, if you feel like you're in a position where you're like, here's my book. Now, here's the thing about it. Before you did that, no. Like you want to prevent that future from ever happening. You don't want to get into a position like that where you're like, where you have to stipulate these random things, like these limitations. Because when you're pitching your book, when you're trying to sell your book to publishers, mm-hmm. um, you're selling yourself and you're selling your ability. You're saying to your publisher that I am capable enough that I can produ- I can I can write. I can find a, a, an artist. I can work with them. You're basically proving like I can be my own publishing house. Like I don't even need you. But I'm letting you have an opportunity at this comic. That's what you want to present to them in some way. You don't want to act like that, but that's kind of like... You want to show them a comic book where they go, Shit, I need that. Mm-hmm. And I need, this, I need this guy or girl who knows what they're doing enough to make something that's as good, if not better, than what we're making. Yeah. And if you're not there, don't do it. So anyway. Okay. So, first of all, i got to tell you, it, it, this, this paper is really... It sucks. It doesn't suck. It's too thick for the purpose. Now, again... I will say, they you can't have... see through it. No, that's that's one thing. I mean, like, here's the thing. You, um... They may have changed that. I haven't... I have seen Kablam books since then. Yeah. They have not changed a okay. damn thing. Well, it's... And here's the thing. We're not here to, like... To rag on any particular independent pr- printer. Unless they're out of business, in which case, screw Comicspress. But, uh... So, okay. Let's talk about, um... So we see on the back, kablam, it says digital printing. What does that mean? It means something that is very important to know because digital printing has come a long way and is now a sort of viable option for everyone out there to keep costs down, but also to um, allow you to get a nice product or a decent product. How about this? Um, So there's offset printing and there is digital printing. I'll run over offset really quickly because you probably won't be utilizing that out of the gate here. Um, Offset printing is done on massive machines. I have been to printing facilities and had the opportunity to see them running Um, when I was there. They had these huge Japanese machines and then they, which were very futuristic and cool looking, and then these huge old school German machines, which look like, I don't even know. They were just fantastic looking. Um, Offset printing requires plates to be set up for pages for whatever item that you're printing essentially those plates are essentially kind of wrapped around a machine and each individual ink is applied to that now what ink am i talking about well there's cmyk which stands for cyan yellow magenta and black all colors in printing are made up of those unless of course you have something called a spot color which is usually the pantone run which sure others have heard of Pantone colors essentially are mixtures that are created that will pretty much show up exactly how they should be based on coating of paper, um, different ink mixtures, different finishes on them, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Different papers themselves. So you can add those into that. This all gets very costly. So if you have CMYK and on top of it you got a spot color, your costs are just going up there Mm -hmm. because it's another plate they got to make. Now what kind of costs are we talking here? Um, (laughs) so if I had to guess, offset printing, first of all, is not done in small runs. They won't do it. It's, it's... Like four to five thousand, you said? Um, yeah, four to five thousand they will do. Okay. They'll do that. They will do that. They'll but like two to five hundred, no. In the hundreds, often not unless you're made of money. Right. And then they yeah, like, unless you are sup- like supplemented or you have like a rich uncle or something. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, in terms of that, for example, um, 
a 60-page, eh, 50, 60-page magazine um, with a run of, let's say, I don't know, 5000 or so is going to cost anywhere between fifteen dollars and $20,000 to have done. <laughs> now, that, of course, includes um, all of the printing, the cutting, the binding, postage, the whole nine. So there's a little extra in there when it comes to postage for us. Yeah. Um, Don't forget, by the way, that when we're talking about, like, you're like, oh... Like five thousand, two thousand. That's not too many. That's not a lot. Yeah. When you, in the grand scheme of things, I mean, like Amazing Spider-Man sells over one hundred fifty thousand copies per month. Yeah. Savage Dragon is selling two thousand copies a month. Selling two thousand exactly. copies a month. So right. don't forget, like that when you when it comes to comic books, you know, it might seem like it's not that much, but in fact, like it is, and you're on the hook for you will be on the hook for selling. Five or two to five thousand copies no, of issue. No, it's true. And if you've ever gone door to door like a freaking like a vacuum salesman, uh, you will know how hard it is to try and sell your independent comic book be. to to comic book retailers, especially. We'll, we'll, we maybe we'll get into that, but okay. moving on. But that again, when we do that, it is offset, right? So the offset printing it comes out crisp and beautiful, and you know it's it's a very lovely quality yeah digital printing used to be like the ugly step-headed child um like no step-headed <laughs> red-headed but yeah red-headed stepchild <laughs> um but um it has come a long way i think personally i'm not saying they're on par with one another but digital printing is at a place now where you can create a product that is it's good it's fine you, there's no problem with it um many artists create prints in that way nowadays it, it makes it um it makes it really convenient. You yeah. know what I mean? So in terms of your digital printing, um, you would still technically be using CMYK because the printer will read that and it'll mix it essentially in the machine and print those oh, okay. out. So your color quality will not be as um, accurate, Yeah. but it'll still be good. You're still going to get a decent product, especially if you set your files up correctly. That's, that, that's a big <laughs> thing. And it's like, so, I mean, I can imagine that by this point, if you've... <laughs> Listen to the series in its entirety. You're like, oh, so I just shouldn't make them. No, because you should. <laughs> because I, I have to wear so many hats. I'm a writer. I'm a creator. I'm an art critique. Uh, I have to discern whether or not good lettering. But listen, if you read comics, if you know comics, then you're pretty. You should. You should have sampled thousands of different versions of uh, everything, and so you can. You should kind of be able to know what you're looking for at this point. Yes. Um, but that said, you know, uh, get into it. Okay. So when you're setting up your file, um, always, first of all, pick up your printer. Pick your printer out first. Yes. And talk to them. Uh, find out what they want because they will have so either they'll have a resource online that tells you exactly what file type they're looking for, or talk to a person. If you're confused by it, reach out to them. Try to get a hold of them. I'm not saying that they'll pick up. I'm not saying they're going to be nice, but do it. For the most part, most printers are very kind. They will be very happy to have like to instruct you from the get go because it's way easier for them to have it be, come to them as set up and accurate and correct as possible, then deal with you coming back at them being like, I didn't want this, this looks terrible, why is it blurry? Yeah. Um, yeah, they, so, they don't want to have to, as much as they might not want to do the job, they definitely don't want to do it twice. <laughs> exactly. Or they don't want to have you be 
unhappy with something, they can't, it, let's say like that, look, that's what it is. You approved the proof, whether it be digital or not. And then you got this product, you're unhappy with it. You go write a review that says that they're jerks. You know what I mean? It, it like they them. don't want that. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Let's talk about um, DPI out of the gate. Okay. Dots per inch. Right. Um, 300 is your friend. Okay. 300 will always be your friend in terms of printing. 300 is the minimum for any sort of standard size item. Uh, let's say, for example, you had a little itty bitty, teeny tiny, like, picture. Pin. Or right? picture, yeah. Of something, of this pin, right? You're like, okay, I'm going to put this on here, but I want to make it big. And I start with this 300 DPI thing, and then I double the size of it. Now that's 150 DPI. Mm. My DPI just went down because I made it bigger. Yeah. You have to think about those things. Um, so you want your art. Now, of course, your artist, when they send you things, will send you stuff that's probably a 300 DPI and probably double the size of what you need, mm. which is perfect because when you size that down, the DPI will become even larger, and that's fine. Look, yeah. Anything over 300 DPI when you're printing at a size like this it's going to make a negligible difference. Right. Um, uh, really quick so aside, because somebody yeah. asked, like, now why would a printer be like a jackass to you if you were to go to them and ask them questions or want, want their business? If, they, if, they're in, if they're a business, shouldn't they want your business? Never mind the fact that, like, <laughs> everyone has always gone into a store and the store, and, like, some, some t at some point in their lives, yeah. and the store owner acts like they would rather not make money yeah, it and just be a jerk. It literally has nothing to do with you. No. Most it, often it has nothing to do with the company itself. It has to do often with they don't want to be doing that job that day or they've had a bad day and literally they're taking it out on you or like they have a set like amount of contracts yeah. and while th yes we can technically take you on we don't need your help like we don't need your business right. and if it sounds like you're gonna be like calling me all the time or asking me questions or just making me do more than my usual standard job mm -hmm. and I don't really need to do it in the first place then I really don't want to do it yeah. and it's by the way this is not saying like this is what printers are like it's just saying like you're going to experience like you're going to experience this no matter what you do at some point in your lives. And so I'm just saying, like, or we're just warning you, you know, don't be afraid of that. Oh, despite yeah. the fact that, like, it might happen in any walk of life. But don't be afraid of it because these questions need to be answered, whether you're afraid of them being a jerk or not. Yeah. Yeah, like, just, you get, you reach out to them, find out, more than likely you are going to find someone who is kind and helpful and, yeah. and willing to explain stuff to you. And don't be ashamed of telling them, you're like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't doing. know what I'm doing, and I just want to send you the, the best possible file. Yeah, the worst thing you want to do is, like, yeah, that. <laughs> um, it's, it's literally, it'll be your, your best option to get what you want out of it. Mm -hmm. um, so, okay. So, remember, 300 DPI, yep. perfect place to start. Um, don't really go below that because you're not going to like what you get from it, let's be honest. Mm -hmm. um, if your artist has sent over PDFs, make sure that they are high-resolution PDFs. Trust me, that'll be important. If you are making your own PDFs, um, it depends on what it is that you're using. Um, I have used the Adobe Suite, um, which is great, but it's a costly, so if you don't have access to that, there are other programs you can use to create PDFs. Typically, PDF is going to be your best friend. There are enough uh, programs out there that allow you to create PDFs for mm -hmm. free. And I'm not talking about even pirating. I'm just saying, like, there are, there are little, like, programs that work where you can, like, 
just open your file and then hit print, and mm -hmm. then instead of hitting the printer, you can select create PDF instead. Just there are there are different ways to do it. You can even do it online. You can just throw all the files onto a website and they'll do it for you. Um, I see DPI question mark dots per inch. That has to do with the number of little itty bitty pixels. Remember, uh, <laughs> remember when you look at a comic book and you see all those little dots that made up the colors. Yeah, it's kind of it. I mean, like those are the that, dots that had to do with the that had to do with the, color, <laughs> with, the, with the printing of colors, but it's still like dots. But yeah, um, so of course you want a higher number of those dots in an area than a lower number because you know. So anyway, um, so why is PDF important? Um, well, here's the thing. Um, let's say, for example, um, you create instead a JPEG. Well, a JPEG deteriorates each time it's opened, saved, all that stuff, right? It's fine. Um, and a lot of places do like that for certain items, but for your comic book that you worked so hard on, I would not recommend it. So let's say instead you're like, I'm going to send them the Photoshop file. Oh. So here's the problem with that. Um, Adobe does its best to go in between versions, but if you go too far down from the current version or the version that you have or too far up, things might get screwed up. Um, and I've seen it happen. Yep whether they change um, essentially what uh, certain functionality is or stuff like that, it just it becomes a mess. Same thing if you're using something like InDesign. Um, InDesign is one of the other Adobe um, products and it's great for laying things out in terms of books and magazines and postcards and all that stuff, right? Um, but, um, so, okay. What about a PNG? Um, PNG is okay. I use PNG more for digital. Um, I haven't seen too many printing companies who are excited for PNGs. I really don't <laughs> They'll be like, can you use it. a PDF, please? Like Yeah, and here is why the PDF is great. You are going to be sending them something that is a combination of images, colors, and text. Yeah. Now, here's what's fun about text. Um, if you send someone a Photoshop file or a Word file or an InDesign file or anything like that with text in there, text that is just literally the letters you typed in, and let's say you went out and you found a free font or font that you own or font that you like, and that's what your letterer did all of the lettering in, and you send that off and that printer doesn't have that, it's going to convert it to something else. Mm. And that's what they're going to print. The PDF will take everything that you put in there and it will essentially compress it all into these pages and the font won't change. Yay, that's awesome. Yeah. The other way to get around that is if you're using InDesign. <laughs> now, I, I, don't, I don't think I would, you can technically letter in InDesign if you wanted to. Um, lettering in Photoshop is not my favorite either. Uh, my opinion, Illustrator is the place to do that kind of thing mm. or some other program that you might use. Um, but in InDesign, you can do something called a package, which essentially takes all of your fonts, all of your images, puts them into a file, it creates this massive file called a native file, and you could send that off. For, but for your best bet, do the PDF. PDF, let's go over our facts. 300 DPI, PDF. The other thing you need to think about is your color mode. There's really two different types of color modes. There's RGB, which is what you're looking at us right now in. This is RGB color. Yeah. Right now, this You're here. seeing us in RGB. Right? Red, green, blue. That's how digital stuff looks at colors in, essentially, right? It just uses mixtures of those three colors. Printing, of course, is CMYK, regardless of offset or digital. Your printer may or may not assume you're going to send them over a CMYK file. I, for safety's sake, I always send a CMYK file because I don't know if they're going to convert it for me. Right. You know what I mean? And you should never assume that they're going to do anything for you. No, so especially take not. The steps. Yeah, yeah. Now, some of the printers that we've worked with, 
Um, when we're doing huge files of things that have all these photos in it, if we miss a file, first of all, the programs are used, let us know. Yeah. Say, hey, there's an error here because you have an RGB file. If we miss that, the printer will fix it because we're spending a lot of money with them. Yeah. Don't, don't rely on them to do that. Send the CMYK. It'll come out better and more accurate to what it is that you're seeing. Again, it's not going to be 100%, but it will be fine. Like, yeah. it, it'll be very, very close. Okay. So, yeah. All right. You've, uh, <laughs> that's a lot to unpack, but I think uh, just, re just refer back to this when you're actually working through it. Um, yeah. Well, also, like, don't forget, like, the most important thing is just talk to the printer. Yeah. And when... Uh, okay, so you've selected your printer... Um, and when it comes to, like, groups like Kablam and stuff, it's a little easier, but, um, only because, like, you'll have your file and then you just literally, like, uh, upload them. Um, let's talk a little bit about a big issue that I found, which is, like, bleed. Okay! Because that is something that was, like, I, it took me a long time to, like, wrap my head around it, and it's, it's more important than you think it is, because it allows your book to look consistent. Yes, okay, so let me, what do I have here that is a really good example of that? I think this mother panic issue will do. Okay, so you see this book here? You see how right on these pages, you see over here how the color goes all the way out to the, the edges? The edge. And you don't see like a little bit of this, white underneath? You don't see any white there. That is called a bleed. Um, your colorist or your artist in general will probably set your files up with that. Now, what that means is the person who did this um, took this page, and this page here, there was a thing that you don't see out here that probably extends up to a, a quarter to a half an inch out that has the color all the way out. Now, why would you do that? Well, a machine is cutting this, not a human being. Even if it was a human being and you cut like me, you're going to have a problem because yeah. <laughs> you're not going to cut things straight. Yeah, we saw a, uh, a review of, I think it was Kablam, where they were complaining that, like, there was a there was an issue with the uh, with like the bleed and how it wasn't consistent. Right. And the the problem wasn't with Kablam or their printing. It's the fact that, like, an inhuman monster is printing the book. Yes. And they don't, they're only going by the numbers. Yes. So imagine this for a minute. You know how your printer, you put an 8.5 by 11 piece of paper in there, and then an 8.5 by 11 piece of paper comes out? Yes. These are typically printed on much larger sheets, and then those sheets are cut to size. Right. Now that means that occasionally something, as it's going through the machine, is going to go just by a little bit. And when that happens, one of the sides will then have white. Yeah, you will have you will notice this in some issues. I noticed it quite a bit in like the in like the mid 2000s when uh, you'd have a page and there'd be text mm -hmm. and like there it would look like there's like heavy shadow. Yeah. <laughs> behind the text and it was just because it was printed like three times or it was like it was yeah. moved a little bit. Right, and they weren't using digital at that point. No, it was recent. Like this is like only like 10 years ago. Well, but something like that indicates that the plates were wrong. Right. Um, but anyway, with the bleed, though, it literally just allots for error, essentially, on the machine's part. Now, if it's a significant error, the printer should redo it. Right. If it's so significant and, like, a huge part of your page is cut off on that page, they should redo it. Yeah. 100%, that's their fault, and they should have gone, and they should have seen that that yeah. page had been... and by the way, you're going to be in correspondence with your printer constantly throughout this whole process. Yes. It's great to just be as friendly and as open-minded as possible, but never settle for an inferior product. That's exactly. Like, that's like the mantra, that's like the takeaway for this. So when you do get something like that, just say, by the way, I looked at page like 32, and there seems to be an issue with the bleeding. That's all you really need to say. Right. It's like, uh, like, what do you suggest? Or 
or can we get can we get can we fix this? Just a really quick. You don't have to obsess over it or apologize. Just say, can we deal with this and then move on? Exactly. And and they'll go, yeah, because they deal with it all the time. Right. So that's the thing you can ask your printer. How much of a bleed do they require? Because different printers require different amounts. I've seen quarter of an inch. I've seen half an inch. Usually it's not uh, more than that on all sides. And then the next question is, do they want crop marks? Essentially, the crop marks are these little lines that you'll see on like a digital copy or something before like on and your digital these file. guys will give you uh some like most printers in fact these guys in in in, in like as well mm -hmm. will give you a page sample mm -hmm. so it's like as long as your book adheres to the sample they gave you as yes. long as the pages do then you should be fine yeah basically here it is guys here, here's what you have to worry about when in terms of the that part of the file setup there's the safe area and the safe area is everything that will not be uh hit by a cut even remotely there are your crop marks, your crop area, the cut line, for example. That's where they're going to cut it. And then there's that bleed. The bleed, again, is very important. Definitely. Definitely, if you can, especially if you're doing something that is color, that is a surefire way, if you don't include that, to have your book not look professional. Yeah. Is if the machine miscuts by even like a millimeter, you'll just have like a little bit of white up there. It just doesn't look it just, good. It's not going to look as good. Because you immediately notice. Yeah, you'll know exactly what happened with that. Um, but again, your printer will let you know what is required from them. I, I've had printers where sometimes they just want the bleeds, they don't want the crops, they're going to figure it out. I've had printers, which I'm not a fan of, um, for the place I work at, yeah. who don't want bleeds and crops, and it drives me up the wall. Why would they not want those? Um, oftentimes that has to do with the, the fact that what they'll do is they'll take the file and they'll size it up ever so slightly. Because here's the thing, they don't think that, they're dealing with a lot of people who may Don't know. care or notice. Exactly. But for me, I'm like, yeah, just use the thing that I want to give you. I worked hard on it. Mm -hmm. um, just see what they want. Just, just see what they want. You know what I mean? Find mm -hmm. out and, and then just adhere to that and it'll be all the better of an experience. Yeah. Uh, so when you're dealing with your printers, first of all, research them. Find a printer that works for you that does what you're looking for. If you're not sure what they're looking for, email them and ask. Uh, it's also, by the way, if you're if you are getting into the independent comic book producing business, you're going to want to have like a name and you're going to want to have uh, a, a good contact information. You know, Cyrax four two four four two five at yahoo.com will not cut it. Make a real e like make a real name that mm -hmm. like that works that looks professional that presents you in a professional light and uh, and just ask them. Just say like, hi, I'm interested in getting my book published. Uh, blah blah blah. These are the concepts and don't get into too don't get into it too deeply. Just a very preliminary. This is what I'm interested in doing. This is how many I'm interested in doing. Uh, do you guys offer this? Yeah. If you're not quite sure. Yeah. Because most of them are more than happy to answer that question. Exactly. Uh, so there you go. Uh, Let's talk really quickly about proofs. I know we kind of touched on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. When you get a like a preview yeah, of exactly. what you can expect from the larger So, run. like Sal said, some of the online comic book companies will charge you for that proof. And, you know, you're going to have that moment where you're like, is it worth it to get? If this is your first time working with them, yes. get it. 100% <laughs> You always want to get a proof because even if you're 100% certain that everything worked out, they're not. You also, know, like, also, just know that Okay, so with the proof, it will hold up the process a little bit because they're going to have to create the proof for you, they're going to have to send you the proof, and then you're going to have to take some time to go through it. They usually give you a certain amount of time that they like to have it back by. Um, 
but it's worth it. If you've never worked with these guys before, if you're only going off of um, what others have said about them, while that's very helpful, if you have never done this before, it's going to be a worthwhile experience to get that proof and to have the opportunity to go through it and make sure A, everything you set up was correct, all of the hard work that you went into A, creating this book, B, researching the printer, and C, finally getting the whole um, file together and sending over, actually came together. There's nothing worse than um, going through something and realizing something was off. Yeah. I, uh, or a file was And I have 400 copies of this thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I would highly recommend that you, you go for it, essentially. Um, Is a proof basically like a prototype? Uh, it can be. Again, it depends on the type of proof. Basically, what Sal was saying about some of these companies like Kablam, they will send you pretty much what this will look like. Yeah, it's basically like, here's what the book looks I know exactly. when I when I first got into it, uh, I went with Lulu, and they sent me a proof, which is just what the book will look like. Yeah. And we got to like pick it pick it apart, look through it, make sure that everything was good. Yep. Uh, usually compare it to uh, to the digitals and just make sure that everything is kosher. And then, uh, and then go from there. Um, yeah, when you're done with that, let me remind me, because we have to talk about, like, Things you don't normally think of when you're printing your book. Okay. Um, so with the proof, um, when you're going through it, it is entirely on your shoulders at that point. If you get the proof and you say it's okay and they create something that is exactly a replica of that proof... You're not going to be entitled to free repairs or, or like, you know, do-overs. Exactly. However, if you get the proof and you approve it and then the product you get back, it does not match that proof. That's when you can go, go take that and be like, this is not what you showed me. Yes. This is something totally different. Um, and, and by the way, that includes spelling errors. It is not a printer's job to let you know if something is misspelled. Yes. They will not. They never will. It's just not what they do. Even if they see it and it's very obviously incorrect, they're not going to tell you. No, well, because, because it's not, it's not their, their job. job. They're not looking for those things. Um, which is why it's always good to when we're talking when you're doing the writing and when the, and, uh, to have someone edit your work and make mm -hmm. sure that it's everything's good to go. Um, when you get through the letterer, by the way, there are going to be issues because they're either going to like they're going to go by what you wrote. So make yeah. sure that you you have everything written the way you want it to be written, and then check those pages when you get them back from the letterer. Um, in terms of paper stock, uh, I, saw, I saw that as a question yeah. in there. Again, I am guessing what standard comics are printed on, and this is just this is simply a guess. Um, the cover is a slightly heavier stock, usually, just because it's holding all the contents in, but it's probably not by much. I'm guessing this is somewhere in the 60, 70-ish range, and the interiors are probably in the 50, 60 pound range. Um, gloss, if you're doing color, go for the gloss. Oh, yeah. um, it makes your colors pop. Like Now, uh, compare that to something like this, like where, like, if I got this printed, um, now you just, what were the numbers you said that you're guessing I off am of? guessing. This is a guess, guys, because I don't typically publish or comic print. Books. I don't print <laughs> we, comics. We don't print them anymore. Uh, I'm going to guess the cover is probably 60 pounds, maybe? 60, okay. 65? Okay. Um, and the interiors feel like they're probably somewhere 50, 60 pound range. Okay. Maybe. That's a guess. Now what, about, guess, the, uh, what about this guy? The Kablam book? Well, first of all, the cover... I'm not a fan of the cover. The cover feels a little bit heavier, so that maybe that's 65, 70... Um, it's very see-through. It bothers me. And the interiors are probably closer to the cover page on the other comics. So oh. probably six, between 60 and 70, which is why this book has a hard time closing flat. Um, but again, that's just that's what they choose to, to print on. Yeah. This is almost as 
thick, if not thicker than what you'd find in a trade. Now, the reason that that closes so well is because it has that perfect binding. Yes, yeah, so it's the, different binding. It's, it's set up to close that way. Yeah. Um, so with the staple bound, it struggles with it. Yes. Also, I've noticed that these pages feel more like uh, like an older comic page as opposed to like a glossier, newer comic page. Yeah, that's probably... It. I wouldn't say that's a, like, they, there's, there's different levels of gloss that you can find. Um, if you, let's say you were doing a totally different print project, right? Mm -hmm. Like you were doing something that you needed like thousands of copies for and you're going with a printer in town or whatever. You could go there and they have print paper samples. You just feel them. <laughs> yeah, and you can see, I have sets of paper samples that are given to me by printers. Um, they show me various weights. They'll show me various uh, coatings or finishes on that paper. Um, these are all very important things. Um, in terms also just just so you know just what this is in general i wish i had a decent example of it on hand but i don't um there's something called uv mm, yes um or high gloss i usually call it a uv coating um have you ever seen a cover or a business card or whatever that has a particularly shiny area on it that's a uv uh spot treatment on it and something that can be set up uh if you decide to do that the printer will explain how that works um, you have to be very careful with that because any sort of shifting either way will mess that up. But it's cool and fun and more expensive. <laughs> right. But you usually don't have to worry about that. Nope. At least with your first run. Nope. So, uh, okay. Uh, what, any, any other thoughts before we get into the next thing? Um, I, I know, notice on the back you have a barcode. Mm -hmm. Those are the kinds of things. Think about that. Um, in terms of just this is something to think about early on and, and like it's like I don't know if we actually covered it when we talked about finding your artist um, when you find your artist if you're not doing a standard comic book size which I think is something like seven or six by ten something it, it's not 100% that it's something around there mm -hmm. um, think about your which final product it'll look like Yep. this final product and this final product are very different yeah. Right? You can see that there. It's a little taller. It's a little wider. And the artist has to know that. Yeah. Because this is a, not a standard format. We're not comparing not different... We're not comparing the same the same books. No. and that, But like, I'm saying that on purpose because if you decide you don't want to go with a standard format, if you, if you had something in your mind's eye that isn't standard, let the artist know. Make sure you find a printer who can do that, too. Um, but you need to decide that early on. So. And if you are pr printing your own book and you want... And, and you're not going for something like this or you're... You know, you just kind of want to... You're like, I want it to look like a regular comic book. Don't... Don't go off the beaten path. Yeah. You know, you don't want to... You don't want to sell... If you, Especially if you're trying to sell yourself, your skills, and your book. Uh, you, you don't want to make it an even harder sell. It's already hard enough trying to sell yourself out of nobody. You know, because most comic book publishers, if they want to work with somebody, they're working with somebody that they know, that they know can, can produce. It's why so many creators, you see the names keep coming up over and over again. Not necessarily because they're the best for the job, but because they always produce, and they always, uh, they're always on time, and they're always reliable. Oh, one other thing, too, just to think about... Um I think with folks like Kablam, if you just send the pages in order, they will put it together for you. Yeah. Make sure if you're going with a different printer, you know how they want the layouts to be. Um, because when you think about this, and this is where it starts to get mind-boggling. Mm -hmm. um, so, essentially, this is a spread, right? we got two pages here. This is right down the middle. Technically, even in the layout, these pages would be right next to each other, mm -hmm. right? These, however... This page is technically connected to that page in how that this is laid out. 
If your printer expects you to figure that out, you need to know that, otherwise your book's going to be out of order. Most places, hopefully, will just take your pages and they'll put them in the order they need them to and be And these in. guys will do that. Yes. So, again, that's another great reason to go with someone who is used to doing comic book publishing. Yes. Because um, they'll take care of that kind of thing. Especially because you. if they are, like, more hands-on and they and they do comic book publishing, they're uh, tell them up front, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. So that they, they, they go more laboriously through the process with you. Yeah. And, and, again, it's fine. They will appreciate your honesty about the project. Yeah. Um, and, again, we've worked with plenty of printers. And, like, here's the thing. I have been printing this for a while now, but, again, for more, like, office-based stuff, um, I'm still finding out and learning things the more products that we do. If, if we've printed products I've never done before, I'm always, like, I, I want to know everything you could tell me about it. Yeah. Like, one time I had to get... Um, I had to get stickers that were raised and graved, mm. and they were metallic stickers. So I had to learn all about that whole process, what it takes, the whole thing. But now I know, and I didn't know about that before, and that's okay. And I, I have no problem being like, I don't. You guys are the experts. You tell me. Yeah. Same thing with signs. I'm like, I don't. You tell me about signs. I'll, right. I'll be happy to give you the art, but you tell me everything I need to know so I can give you what you need. Exactly. Um, by the way, with most of these guys, they'll also have like page limitations. Mm -hmm. um, they have a page range because you don't want to give them like a 51 page comic because that's usually not a standard size. So yes. Get, uh, before. I would research the printers almost before you even finish the full finalized script. Yeah. So that you know how many pages you are allowed to work with. No, it's true. And again, um, you Because have you're to, dealing with odd numbers and... You well, get, you have to think about them in terms of fours. Yeah. That's where it gets, like, mind-boggling. And if you're... However, if you're with an artist who has done this before, let them give you their insight. Like, let them help you out with that. But you will have to think about things in terms of fours simply because of the fact that technically, just imagine this was cut in half, it's this, 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 and this. This is one sheet of paper. Yeah. Basically, and I fold it in half. So think about that. If you're going to have ads in your comic, think about that, their placement, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah. It's a lot to think about. And like it kind of gives you that moment of like, it takes a lot to make Batman happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like, uh, of but course, they have... because they've gotten through like thousands of issues of this book or of this title exactly. or that character, they, they're, an old, they're an old hand at it. Yeah. And they have departments to work on this. Yeah. You're going to be potentially like You're a one department. or two man like, you know, department here, but like you can do it and it can be done and there are resources out there to help you make that happen and these companies will help you make that happen um, but go into it knowing that along the way you might make mistakes but that as long as you're open and honest about them more than likely they can be fixed yes uh, so when you're making these books and then okay you've got your pages done ready to go okay then they're gonna ask you what about the inside cover you're gonna go what yeah like oh right there's another page here. Yep. What do they normally do with this page? Uh, and then you have to look at your books and see what they do. For the most part, I've seen an ad here. Mm -hmm. um, I, as I found, I think that when they were at the time of this printing, they didn't offer an ad here. So. But that doesn't mean, let's say you were going to try to offset your costs. And let's say you found someone who wants to buy into your project, but they want advertising space. Let's say for some reason you got hashtag King Arthur. Yeah. They, this is where the ad goes. You submit the, the ad that way. Um, in my case, I didn't have that. I already had the, the ad here, and I wanted to. I didn't want to detract from the work in any way, so I made it the credits page. Yep. And all the crap is in there. It was a mistake, and it doesn't look very good, and because most of the front 
was white, yeah. it, it you can see through it. But to be fair, AD did the same thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, also, when you're dealing with the right with the rear cover, what about the inside of the rear cover? Yep. yep uh, in my case. In their case, it's an ad for the next book. No, and the interior of her covers, actually, it's just a little... That was just an extension of the... Yep, uh, it's a bit of art. But uh, because I didn't want it to be, like, covered in Kablam ads, I went with nothing, and it was just a black page. Put something there, usually, just something, even if it's a design. Even if it's a design, yeah, and sketch, here's, something like that. And here's like, why. You're paying for it anyway. Yeah, you're going to pay for this page, <laughs> now it's just nothing. You're paying for it regardless. Put something in there. Mm -hmm. You might as well. Yeah. So, consider that. Uh, and again, I, I saw someone saying that their anxiety is flaring up. Don't. It, it's a lot. I know we're giving you a lot of information right now. But again, it's completely doable. And we're just trying to give you a head start and a leg up in this process. Um, these are things that we learned over time. Um, Sal learned by trial by fire. I, I learned it through A, education and B, doing myself. Yeah. Um, but again, like... No one is going to like laugh at you if you don't know what you're doing, and it's a, and on the like, professional level. Like no, yeah. no, yeah, no printer is going to laugh at you. No artist is going to laugh at you. No colorist, no letterer. Nope. Like the process is just just so long as you are humble and admit that you don't know what you're doing, or and don't use that as an excuse. No, be like I don't know what I'm doing, so it's okay. Like no, just like be. What do we do next? You know, always be open to moving forward and and taking the advice and the and the wisdom where it is yeah you know? so uh yeah so when you're printing your books that's that's kind of like what you should consider but always of course do more research this is not the end-all be-all when it comes to no. what you should be doing when you're publishing your own book but uh from there uh, let's talk a little bit about digital publishing because it's a little easier yeah it is well yeah yes yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, when you are publishing your book, uh, as I understand it, Amazon's doing their own publishing now. Uh, I don't know about comics, but we'll get into it. Um, actually, Amazon owns Comixology, so it's probably through them. Mm -hmm. But uh, let's see. There's also Drive Through was around when I started, and they're still around. But like, you want to consider exposure and uh, and availability and access. Mm -hmm. um, in my case, Comixology Submit was just created around the time when we finished the colored version of Garth Kirby. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, yes! Right. <laughs> so uh, also I think Comics Fix was a thing. I think they're still around. And uh, so I have books on there and I have books on Comixology. Mm -hmm. uh, Comixology Submit, they have a whole process. It's much less um, hand-holding and yet they're like they're every step of the way is handled with a person mm -hmm. so if there's a screw up or something they will they won't do it they won't fix it for you but they will stop before it looks like crap because right or what they'll what more likely they'll do is they'll just reject the book right okay uh so when you're submitting your book you have to have it like kind of ready to go before you um before you can accept like expect to go to the next step. Right. Um, so in our case, we had the book already kind of ready for print. So I was just like, oh, I'm just going to take that and then apply it to Comics I'll Just Submit. Thankfully, they were happy with that. And because we had gone through like multiple different printing efforts, mm -hmm. we had a we had it down to a science as far as dimensions and sizing and coloring and DPI and everything like that. It was all done. So when we submitted it, they were just like, yes. Right. And it went right. through. 
Um, which is why you can find uh, Garth Kirby on Comicsology Smith. It's still there. Um, and they and because it was Comicsology, they also used the guided view, which is kind of neat. Right. And I did not have to tell them how to do that. They had a couple of questions, like, does, what, where does this go? But otherwise, like, they kind of knew, because they know how to they read just, a comic book. Yeah, yeah they, they, they figured it out on their own. Um, in terms of file setup for that, um, they will probably have a, an area that's like a frequently, your fact or frequently asked questions. Right. Where they will tell you what you need to do. <laughs> um, it's going to be similar, except the complete opposite in a sense of file setup, because instead of CMYK, you're going to want it to be RGB, because you're going to want it to look its best yes. on digital platforms across yep, the Yep, you're board. looking at, because now you, like, there's no, in this, you can kind of like cut corners and hide things. It doesn't, like... It's printed. It's smaller in comicsology slash digital print digital publishing. It's right there, and yeah. it's bigger, and it it's more be. up close, and you can really like you can just go through it with a fine tooth comb. So consider that when you're getting your book. Exactly. Out. Now the difference is your DPI won't have to be as high. Uh, Seventy two to one. 44-ish is probably what they're going to be looking for for that. 72 DPI is, of course, your, um, or PPI, pixels per inch, whatever you want to go with, right. um, is a screen standard. Um, now, because of the guided view in Comixology, they may want it a little bit larger so that when they blow the panel up, it, doesn't, it looks like, better. Yeah, it doesn't get all um, So definitely look up that. Now, for example, let's say instead you weren't looking to make money off of a book just yet, but you wanted a platform where people could just see it. Yeah. Um, a, you could make your own website for it. Yep. Um, B, there's a thing that I've used before for, again, magazines. Um, so I don't know much about how much it costs to have an account there. There's something called Issue. I-S-S-U-U. Okay. Um, it's really for magazines and such, but you could technically put anything up there. And that's, mm. again, we do that through PDF. They have a whole walkthrough on how the type of PDF that they want. Here's what's funny. There's multiple types of PDFs. Um, based on the various uh, ways that you render a PDF. Okay. Um, they have a very specific one for them for digital. For printing, typically, it's, you want to go with high res or something that's like, I think it's like PDF 1XA or 1AX or something like that. But they'll tell you about that, of course. Um, so, again, that would just be an option for if you just wanted to be able to go, hey, look, this is my book, this is what it looks like, something to have in your pocket yes. to pull out. I found uh, some some independent publishers <laughs> now, they'll get, like, a cheapo flash drive, put their book on a flash drive. Instead. Yeah, exactly. There's lots of ways to do it. What's nice about the issue is it does at least the page flip. Yes. There, it doesn't do the guided view, but it kind of gives you the idea of the what experience it might look like of looking in a book. book. Yeah. Um, I, by the way, I recommend getting your book on either a website or something like that versus using a, uh, a flash drive. Because, here's the thing, when you're selling your book, let's say you did do the printing run, you have like hundreds of these, and you're just carrying them through conventions, and you're just like, hey, read this, it's a comic book, right? You'd expect like, oh, I've handed a comic book, all I have to do is that, and I can read it, right? Mm -hmm. Most of these end up in the trash, and most people can't be expected to read it, because they're like, I read thousands of comics every day, and I don't have time. Mm. It's, it is a harsh truth, and it's really frustrating. But better for me than find your comic on the floor of a convention. Yeah. You just spent three dollars, three four dollars to get this damn thing printed, and you spent thousands of dollars to get it into the point where you can print it, and you handed it to somebody who you feel publishes books that are as good, if not not as good as this, and they threw it away. So. Try to eliminate as many steps as possible. Yeah. Um, now, of course, when you're looking at a digital book, you're expecting them to go to a website. Um, but 
it's six and one. Some people prefer to just open up open up their phone. Uh, if you may give them a QR code on a card, maybe that's easier. I don't know what the trick is because. A, we've never been picked up by a publisher, and B, I've seen so many similar people in similar situations, and they're not published either. So there's a lot of, like, and those who do get published, it's always some stupid, obnoxious story. Like, I saw somebody in an elevator, and blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. it's always some impossible scenario that will never be duplicated again because someone else just did it. So getting published in and of itself is a nightmare and a beehive, and it's hard to do. Yeah. Uh, but... At least you can say, I have this comic. I mean, like, look, uh, what was it? When we published Horseman, and we got, like, that limited run through Comic Express, mm-hmm. um, I went door-to-door to different comic book publishers, or comic book stores, and just wanted them to have it in the store. Yeah. Most of them were cool about it. Uh, they were all were like, yeah, I have a section. They put it on the section, and they're like, I will sell it for what, the cover price, and, uh, you know, you'll get whatever like usually either you worked a out percentage. A, a percentage or some of them were nice enough where they're like i'll just give you whatever we sold because they know that it's never going to sell right um some of them have different policies some of them had them on the actual rack where you can go there others uh they have like a bin full of independent comics that people can just go yeah, through local creators um yeah uh and midtown comics put my book up on the shelf and it sold out mm-hmm. they also put it into their digital store and it sold out yep um i have yet to be to receive any of the money for that but uh that being said <laughs> you know there's something to be said for like hey it sold out like they they didn't yeah, just throw it away it. like you can't get it and people saw it and they bought it and that's why usually when you're making these things like get a semi-permanent way of them reaching you it's why your web why your comic should probably have a website or at least yeah. your your production house should have a website so that they can get to it um i did that and it's hilarious because like this website doesn't exist anymore um and it's also super down right. super small and down here and i yes. didn't put it on the bleed so it's all the way on the edge it's just ugh. but like you know it's just a, this is a whole little monument to all the mistakes and things that i would never do again right except for the except for work for with vic bogdanovic who rocks yes, and now does. i think he's going to be the exclusive artist on on action comics no, he's very this is cool. his first comic ever so very, check it out very cool. but uh yeah um you're gonna be you're here's the thing every step you take is gonna have an obstacle it will. And it's not like... And here's but don't the, look at it like you're Sisyphus and it will never end. Right. Or that like you're being punished or that it's just you. Know that that's, the, like, that's kind of the great democratizer. Is that like everyone has an uphill battle. Everybody has to deal with these obstacles. Right. Everyone has faced these obstacles. Some of them... Ha- and everybody has had a different stumbling block be more of, a di- of an issue than the other. So right. it's good to work with other people and kind of like have an idea about what... Uh, to share your concepts and your ideas and your experiences so that you can help each other out. Also, um, the more you do this, the easier it will be. Honestly. Like, absolutely honestly, the more that this, this happens, um, the easier, like, each new step or each step here on out will be oh yeah well you also find that maybe you're really good at one or two or three specific things yeah that's absolutely true and here's the thing oh it turns out i really know my shit about like how to find an artist or how to print or how to like make sure that the bleed doesn't have a problem and everything you learn from this process will help you in all of the other things that you may need to do for this let's say for example you get this printed and you decide you want a table at a con well, you're going to need business cards. You're probably going to need a sign. You're probably going to need some sort of banner. All the stuff you learned about printing this is going to help you in that other process. That's right. So, uh, every th- and that's the thing, is that you're also spending this time. Here's We're in a world where 
you know, people are overeducated and underemployed. Mm -hmm. You need marketable skills in order to survive in today's world, especially if you're, like, here in America. Uh, these experiences, while something of a vanity project, <laughs> are also applicable, usable, marketable skills that you can then say you've done. You can legitimately call yourself a comic book publisher. Yep. You can legitimately call yourself, if you decide, like, that you're going to do the... Uh, the, the lettering, and you know what you're doing. I would not advise doing your own no, lettering. No, and here's what's funny. The lettering seems like, oh, that's the easiest part. That's the easiest part. No, it's not. There's an art to it. There's a hard... Like, it, it's hard to do it. You think yes. you know what you're doing. You... Mm -mm. Mm. Uh, but, uh, but let's say you do something or other. Like, everything that you do, you are now in a, pro a professional at because you have done it professionally. You've mm -hmm. been... You've been... You, you have... You know, you've developed that skill, and so you can apply that to your uh, your resume slash, uh, you know, list of experiences. And so, you know, if you find you're really good at one particular thing or two particular things or all these things, you know, you can then apply that to other people's books. Like, hey, sure. maybe you maybe that whole experience you got that one book out, and that's all you wanted to do. But you're like, but I'm, uh, but I love doing that one thing. Mm -hmm. Maybe then your 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 calling is to get into making comics. Maybe you could be like a consultant, or someone could pay you to do all that crap for their book. Oh, that's that. That's absolutely true. Or maybe you're great at editing. Who knows? Yeah, maybe you're just really good at like paring down somebody's like, you know, work into the essence of their work and in, in, in a presentable way. Yeah. I mean, the fact is, the, the possibilities are endless, and because there's so many different facets to it, you know, anyone can find a calling through it. Yep. But, uh, but yeah, when it comes to getting your book out there, like, you're going to have issues, you're going to have, lol, uh, you're going <laughs> to have, like, stumbling blocks, but, like, uh, at the end of the day, is it worth it? I say yes, I think because, so. unfortunately, I don't have any other copies of my much better colored version of this, because they're all gone. Like, oh, yeah. They're all sold slash given away. Like, these were the ones that I was ashamed of, and I have tons of these. Right. Um, but, yeah, like, the one, the ones that are gone, that's available on digital. You can find that anywhere. Um, and that's the other thing, is that, like, once it's approved by Comixology, and it's, like, uh, and it's, like, it's there, it's there forever. Yeah. You can always say, my book's there. It's over, like, it, I've done it, and yep. it's been approved, and it's, fa it's findable, searchable. Yep. Um, and then, of course, once you're done with all of that, you've got your book, it's finished, and it's either and it's printed or it's digitally printed. If it's physically printed, call your local newspaper. Like, tell them. Really? Yeah. Because here's the thing, like, any <laughs> at any level, you are looking to sell yourself. Yeah. Like, you, your local newspaper will look for... It's always hungry for some kind of, like, local boy makes good article. Yep. Publish my own comic. Look at me. Like they love that shit. Yep. And even if it doesn't get anywhere, you got a little. You got your picture in the paper. That's kind of fun. Yep. Um, but like, but apply that to everything. Like more appropriately and more like applicably, I would say reach out to those comic book news outlets. I was going to say, really, like, too, like, there are online versions of this so-called newspaper. That's what I'm saying, like... No, but I'm not even talking about, like, comic book ones. Like, your local area probably has something. Like, in New Jersey, we have a couple of stupid things that I didn't realize anyone even used. But it turns out lots of people use them if they're of a certain age range. And I was like, what? Yeah. Um, And that's where people can submit articles, too. And they'll pick up pretty much anything, which yeah. is great for you. Because you could, especially... If you're publishing digitally, mm -hmm. 
um, because you, they can put the link in there right to your product, which yep, makes people fi- go right on over. Yeah, yeah making, it, making it physical, like, I've got this book, and if you go to wherever, you can go buy it. Like, no, no, no. If you go here, you can see it right now. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Um, also, you're going to have to learn how to write, and there's plenty of tutorials I'm not going to teach you now, uh, on how to write a press release. Yeah. And when you have your press release, you're going to, A, you're going to need, okay, Press release, that's for, like, digital, like, comic news outlets. Uh, you just have so- a standard thing written. It explains what the book is in a paragraph uh, and where you can find it and who's worked on it and all that shit. You send that to them. Odds are they'll publish, or odds are the pr- they'll, they'll post it. If, it's, if you've gotten to the point where the book is digitally available on Comixology or, pu- or physically available and it looks damn good, they will print that, that press release. Mm-hmm. Um... That's, so that's a way for you to like help be indexed and be searchable, um, but more appropriately, this is this is the most valuable thing you could possibly do after it's all done. Mm-hmm. You got to work on your elevator pitch. You got to work on how you can sell this book in a sentence. Yeah, and and here's the thing: when you're doing that. Try it on your friends, like, because what you think sounds good may not explain anything to. They might else. not know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah. But you gotta you gotta work on your your five second pitch, your fifteen second pitch, and your thirty second pitch. You yeah. gotta be able to like sell your book, in a like or at least grab the attention of somebody important. And somebody important could be uh, an internet columnist, uh, a comic book editor, a comic book creator. Mm-hmm. Um, and you want to be able to sell this book to as many people as possible in the quickest amount of time cuz usually if you got it, if you have their their attention you've only really got it for like 5 seconds so how are you going to give them that mm-hmm. um, and that's the thing is that rehearse it once you have it down to a science and you have it written down you're like this is it it's this meets this boom like and now I've got you I'll explain it a little more cuz what you don't want to do is tell them everything that happens in the issue yep verbally with ev- kill it. And, and every minutia about it, because you might know it intimately, or you might love it, and you might think it's engaging and fun. Guarantee they don't, and not because it's not engaging, but maybe because like the way you're presenting it doesn't really feel as engaging. Um, so you really got to give them this like this killer quick pitch that makes them want to read it rather than makes them want to get away from you because you just read them a comic book. Because <laughs> like, uh, look, there are some like internet. YouTube channels that will explain a comic to people, and that's kind of fun. But, like, nobody's got an hour to hear the back issues on your independent comic book. That's true. So, <laughs> you know, work on that. There's a lot of different areas. And listen, if, if this thing goes on, like, if people really like this series, like, maybe we'll we'll revisit it and talk about, like, the, like, okay, you finished your comic, now what? Kind of right. episode. But this is kind of it. Like, you yeah. should be able to get started on making your own book. Yeah. Um, whether and it be the writing element, getting the artist, doing it yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, again, that printing element, which um, is something that you should be thinking about the entire time. Yep. From the beginning <laughs> to the end. Uh, and here's the other thing, is that ask other independent creators about their experiences. Oh, yeah. Oh, I've done that even now. Like, um, I did a little consulting gig with like an artist who was looking to get some stuff printed. I haven't done a lot of fine art prints, so what I did was I reached out to a couple of friends of mine who I know have because I wanted to know who in the area did a good job because 
you know, they were looking for someone local. They really didn't want to do too much online business. Found a great printer in New York, local enough for them. What's great about this printer was they were willing to take any paper you sent them and do the printing on that. Oh. So if you wanted specialty printer, they would do or, or paper, I should say, they would do the printing on that, which I thought was cool. But I would have never found out about them if I hadn't talked to this this guy because yeah. he was the expert on it because he's done it. So don't be afraid to use these resources. Yeah, and the internet has made it possible to talk to anybody. So yeah. use it. Exactly. Uh, but uh, but yeah, from there, I guess we'll wrap up. I want to thank you guys for watching this last installment of How to Make a Comic Book from Comic Woo! Bob. We did it, everybody. We finally uh, we finally did it. We worthed it. We totally pulled it off. Um, but hey, uh, what's happening on Comic Pop for this week? Um, if you haven't already checked it out, <laughs> we're trying out this new series where uh, we play about like 10 to 15 minutes worth of video games and so uh, check it out most recent yeah. one is Tiffany and Ethan which is an unlikely duo I'm really fun it's really I'm really glad we got, we got to see is, that it is like on camera mm -hmm. but like in reality like Ethan and I get along great and yeah. like have a lot of similar interests so like he and I play games often yeah Um. so like I was like duh yeah like like, why don't I have, like, play a game with Ethan? So. Yeah, I get to hear Ethan's ridiculous Russian accent. I know, I realized, I was like, wait, did I not do that? I was like, no, I did mine in the periscope that you did. Yes. Because you periscoped when we were all done because we wanted to keep playing, and I spoke in my Russian accent the entire time there, which is far worse than <laughs> Ethan's. Yes, yeah, so check that out. Also, uh, catch uh, back <laughs> issues tonight. We're releasing a new episode. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's ridiculous. Yes. So check it out. Tiffany's uh, headlining that one. I am. Um, anything else that's new? I want to thank everybody for hanging out with us on last Friday for our 50,000 lives, uh, or lives, <laughs> for our 50,000 subscriber our 50, lives. 50,000 lives. 50,000 lives are subscribed to this channel. Uh, <laughs> but, which is not, you know, inaccurate. But, uh, hey, uh, thank you for hanging out with us. Thank you for your letters, your packages, for your yeah. questions, comments, and just hanging out with I gotta, us. I gotta tell you, the sheer volume of questions, A, I am disappointed we didn't get through as many. Me too. But... B, there were so many questions there, and I was, like, blown away by it. Like, when you, like, when you gave that number that yes. you gave, I was like, A, that's not possible, and B, oh, that's not that many. And then to see them in front of me, I was like, this is unbelievable. We're never going to get through these. Well, yeah. no, I just mean, like, it's unbelievable, and it's oh, just yeah. incredible just um, having all of you be a part of this. Yeah. And just, you know, having that connection and the ability... Um, to hear from you guys. And again, like I, I'm sorry we didn't get through all of them. Yeah. Um, and one other thing before we go. Yeah. But don't forget that this Saturday is free comic book day. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, make sure to patronize your local comic book store and uh, grab a free comic or two. Exactly. Usually most of these comic book stores are also doing some kind of cool sale. I know that two comic shops we're going to be hitting up this weekend will be. And so if you are in the Jersey area, maybe you'll, maybe you'll run into us. Oh, absolutely. And, and don't forget, like, free comic book day, stores handle it differently. Some of them, they'll say you can only take a few of their titles. Some of them say you can take all of their titles. Um, take a look. They, I think there's lists out there about what will be out. Um, it's often a good opportunity to pick up something you may not be normally used to picking up. Yeah. So if you want to maybe delve into the indies, a lot of places like Image and such will put out little preview books, so you can get a whole bunch of different ideas of different books in there, and it's a great chance to pick them up. True enough. <laughs> but uh, thanks a lot for hanging out with us, guys. We'll mm -hmm. see you guys next week with another episode of the Elseworlds Exchange. I'm Sal. And I'm Timothy. So long. Bye. Wow. Yeah.